Okay. All right. That's it. Let's go. They're just ambitious women networking while some other women aspire to get burkin'. While some other women hit the club and get twerking. Educated women know that it's a bit irking. Whether you be a woman or you be a male, you need to listen to Janina and Shalia L. Cause if you know like I know ain't nothing better than the Billy John. Authenticity is something that they really on. <laughs> this is the John, a podcast. I love y'all. Be forward. Welcome to the Joan Podcast. I'm your host, Shalia. And your host, Janina. And today, y'all, we have a special guest in the building. We have E-Snipe say hey to the people. Hey, people. So if y'all don't know, E-Snipe is, I guess you could say, my PIC, my partner in crime. <laughs> um, but also, <laughs> but also, he's the person who did our uh, theme song. So this is E-Snipe. Um, this is her man, in. child. This is her man, okay? No, my partner. Is man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so we're going to open with our words of affirmation. Today's affirmation says, Most results won't come as soon as you start, but you have to start in order to see the results. Start today. What's up with y'all? Y'all good? I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I'm doing good. Amazing. I ain't got no complaints. Okay. Janina, you good? I am. I'm good. I, I'm counting my blessings. Again, like I said, God is always humbling me. <laughs> Anytime I feel like I'm, I can complain. Nope. nope. Oh, definitely. I'm good. I'm, I'm getting, I got to get back into this whole work, life, health, self-care balance thing. Because I found myself stressing, even though I know I can do things tomorrow, especially with work, I have, it gives me anxiety not to do it now. So I got to work on it. I wait to the last minute to do everything. Okay. I'm a serial procrastinator. Okay. So do oh, you want to like- work on procrastination or you want to stay procrastinating? Well... I was going to work on it, but I procrastinated about working on my <laughs> Yeah, I'm a procrastinator too, but I feel like it's definitely not a good treat. It's not it, not at all. But you know what I found <laughs> out? Found out, I was looking up the definition of procrastination. It says to habitually put something off. And then another part of the definition, it says to habitually put off something that you're supposed to do. And mm. That's when I say, okay, I need to get it together. But yeah, you know, I'll be procrastinating about procrastinating. So yeah. <laughs> horrible, horrible, horrible. All right. So what y'all got this week? Oh, I like that joint. A nope, I don't like that joint or a prime time. So um my I have an oh I like that joint, and it's a podcast. It's a true crime podcast called Morbid. I was watching, I don't know, I was looking up this story. I, you ever heard about this lady called, um, this lady called, this this lady named Pam Smart. So like in the 90s, 
she went to jail for basically being accused of hiring or setting these teenagers up to kill her husband. Mm-hmm. So I, I just heard that recently. Yeah. So I watched a documentary about that. And then I'm always, every time I watch a documentary, I go look for a podcast about it. And somebody I, or or the comments online or something, people were saying they, they just listened to a little morbid. So then I went and looked up morbid. It's a true crime podcast by these two women. But it's good. I listened to um, their episode. They had a two-part episode about it. And so it was things that was not in the documentary that they talked about from like the case file. Because she's still, the documentary I watched, she still, she got life. Mm-hmm. But the kids didn't. The, the kids who murdered her husband didn't get life so they're out and in the documentary they were interviewing her and she's you know saying I didn't do it blah 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 like please she was having sex with the little 15 year old boy that she that she hired the that she convinced she basically convinced manipulated money she manipulated the boy that she was sleeping with to do it. Like, well, that's the only way we can be together. She's claiming she did it. She's claiming her defense is that I broke up with the little boy and he was angry and he felt like the only way we could be together because I told him I wanted to be with my, be with my husband. But she was, I think she was lying because Mm -hmm. she actually, yeah, it's a good, it's a good case, but it's crazy. But it also, there's so many adults that, don't realize or are so manipulating that they like think that they can still blame like teenagers for something that they convinced them to do like they're not fully their brain is not fully developed and isn't that isn't that child molestation too statutory rape isn't that isn't that that also depending on the age of consent of the state the state yeah yeah Yeah, but Mm -hmm. And it wasn't either. It was, I mean, he was telling people she worked at the school. She wasn't a teacher, but she worked at at the school. school? Oh, she worked at the school. That's how she met the kids. That's crazy. Wow. It was crazy. So she, she went to jail for life. And then it was like the boy and his friends, the boy pulled the trigger, but they all like went to the house and staged a robbery or whatever. Wow. Mm. Yeah, it is crazy. So what you got, Eric? You got oh, I like that drawing. Nope. Or... Yeah. Um. When I when I uh, when I went to Philly last week, I started watching this series on a plane called The Night Agent, and it's about mm. this guy, and he worked for the FBI, but he he doesn't do any real work. He just answers the phone in the basement of the White House, and one day, this girl. Um, her family was being uh, pretty much murdered. Someone was coming after her family and a, one of her aunt gave her this number. He called this number and say these specific words. And turns out that the aunt was the undercover agent, the aunt and the uncle. And so she said this specific words to this guy who was answering the phone and that started everything. That started everything. It's very, very good. I'm trying to figure out Who's behind everything? It's like a who done. Well, not like a who done. It's a who done it. Trying to figure oh, out who's so, okay. behind everything. Well, so, when did it start? When did it start? No, what you said it started everything. What did it start? Because, so the young guy, the guy who's 
the the star pretty much. He um like a year before this happened, he was on a train and he saw somebody looking suspicious with a book bag. And he saw the person leave the book bag. He went over to the book bag and it had a bomb in it and it exploded. And so he was cleared, but people are saying that he had something to do with it. So the woman who works in the um, White House, she believed him. And so she gave him a job just answering that phone. Oh, okay. Yeah, she gave him a job answering that phone. He hasn't been on the field since. Okay. But when... Oh, he was already a CIA agent. He was an FBI agent. Oh, and FBI. The, girl, the girl, when she called, she trusted him. And so they have him taking care yeah. of her to keep her safe. So it's a, it's a lot. I saw the preview for it several times. Yeah. This it's, is, it's, is it Netflix? Netflix, yeah. Okay. Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I don't know. I haven't been watching as much TV. I don't watch a lot of TV anyway, but I did watch this uh show called Made on Netflix. Um, yeah. You watched it? I didn't finish it. Okay, it was really good. It was about a. a I didn't really like Anika Rose in it. <laughs> it was like about a mother who got out of abusive abusive relationship. She had a daughter. She got this job as a maid, but the job that she had with the company, she had to get on a ferry, and she was late, and it was just a whole process. But it just goes through a her being a maid and the challenges that she went through with having her daughter and then the father and it was it was good it was really good um yeah i think her mother had some type of mental illness too yeah yeah definitely you gotta hit this join up is where we highlight a small business and this week we are highlighting a business called 1040 creative this business is um black women owned is founded by Pauline Houston, McCall, Sheena Garcia, and Marcy Morris. And this is a creative hub, studio space, and gallery that offers art classes for all ages, pop-up workshops, family art days, and gallery exhibitions. Um, They're located at 1040 North 2nd Street, Suite 301, in Philadelphia, PA, and you can find them on Instagram at 1040creative. So if you're looking for something to do with your little ones over the summer as a family, make sure y'all go hit them up and support this business. Um, Again, you can find them on Instagram at 1040creative. So we have two big things coming up. Um... This week and then Monday, we got Juneteenth and we got Father's Day. <laughs> so um, we decided to, you know, do an episode on Father's Day and fathers and the impact. Um, so this week's episode topic is the impact of fathers, the importance of fathers in a household. So we have Eric here and he's going to talk about, you know, his experience of being in the household and being out of the household so wherever you want to start um when I was I start from when I became a father I was 21 my daughter Jasmine who's turning 29 this year her mother was pregnant with her 
um, I didn't learn that she was pregnant with her till she was five months pregnant. And the reason being is her mother did not, and from what she told me, she did not want to tell me, she did not want to complicate my life. Um, we weren't quote unquote in the relationship. We were pretty much what y'all would call, we were um, sneaky Lincoln, however you want to put it. And, How old was she? Uh, she was 19. She's two mm-hmm. years younger than me. So we were, you know, sneaky Lincoln. But we used to date prior to that. We dated when we were teenagers. So we we were boyfriend and girlfriend back in the day, but we weren't anymore. We were just, you know, creeping. And um, one day, you know, she called me. She was like, you know, I need you to come over. And, you know, we weren't even sneaky linking anymore. We wasn't, you know, we weren't doing that. And she asked me to come over and I was like, for what? She's like, I just need you to come over and I want to show you something, blah, blah, blah. So when I went over there, she was showing. Yeah, she was showing very much so. And so what you trying to say, you know, that she said, you know, I'm pregnant, it's your daughter. And then I'm like, how you know? The only one I was messing with, blah, 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 you know how that go. So, but considering who she was and what I knew about her, I'm, I pretty much trusted that that was the deal. And so my journey as a father began and she is my first child. So everything I did, I spent money. That's all I did. I spent money. Um, she was she was where she had to it wasn't Gucci wasn't popping like it is now back then but everything was polo everything was custom made I was there was this place in Germantown because our people's from Germantown called Shirley's and Shirley's yeah and I bought this like $200 dress for her first birthday mm-hmm. something she'll never wear again and that's that's how fatherhood began with me and her her mother was cool and I used to get all the time and I used to have this um I used to carry her with one of those carriers you put on you Uh baby in it and and I would carry my daughter around and she's a little light-skinned little baby and I was a dark-skinned father and I had a curly fro she had a curly fro we we was quite the little couple and Yeah, that's how it began. People, and it's something because I would ride the bus and I would hear people say, That's not his child. And then you hear another person say, Look at her. She looked like him. She just lied in the hell. But yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that's, you know, I would hear certain things like that. I used to take everywhere. I used to take everywhere. Her mom was very good with it. She was potty trained before she was even. 13 months she was potty fully potty trained and she learned very quickly she was a she was a good good kid um yeah that's how I began with fatherhood but then yeah she set you up thought it was easy (laughs) it was was cool it was cool at first and then I got in other relationships and I my I got my um my my second child, my daughter, I got her mother pregnant. And that's when things started to change. Because 
one of the reasons she wanted to deal with me was because of how I treated my daughter. And how about that? And she was, you know, that was, you know, but now I got two children now. So it's not polo anymore. It's it's still okay. It's old navy now. Right. right. My kids and old navy <laughs> cap and my daughters and stuff like that. But I was young and I was, you know, I was still running the streets and doing what some 23-year-old guys do. And they there was conflict between both of the both of the mothers because there was a competition because mm. my young my oldest daughter she dressed a certain way for up until for a while until my second daughter came so I couldn't do both and um then um so you were the only parent responsible for buying clothes it seemed that way it seemed that way it 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 yeah it seemed that way mm -hmm. I was my but I was I was paying child support for my first daughter and then my second daughter even though I was still dating her her mother took me to child support while what? while we were together what? so yeah while we, were, crazy. while we while we were together I mean it, it's really yeah and so you know I paid child support for 25 years so it was what it was. Um, I learned how to deal with it. I heard, I learned how to get another job. How to? But did you ever talk to her about it? Like who? Me and my the second mom. Yeah, the lady who you were in a relationship with. Like, why yeah, did you do that? Yeah, it was, it was a toxic relationship. It was mm -hmm. just what it was. It was, it was toxic. It was extremely toxic. And not because she was toxic, but because I was. I was um, considered um, handsome during that time. So <laughs> I was exploring all my options and I just kept having options. And I didn't, no self-control. No one had ever, this is where a father comes in because the way I talk to my sons, my sons, um, both my, both of my older sons, we, we'll get to when I date them later, how they came. <laughs> no, we but not. You would have to skip sons, some parts. <laughs> both of my older sons saw me conduct myself in a certain way. So for the most part, when they were in a relationship, they stayed with the same women. And that's something that I, I know they learned from me. So they weren't running around and dipping and dealing with other women. You say because by the time you were fathering them, you were beyond that point. I was beyond that. And they got to, even with, if without talking, they saw the example. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, you didn't have the example because nah. you didn't meet your father until what age? No, nah, I didn't meet my father till I didn't physically meet my really meet my father till I was 25. 
That's what I mean. But well, I wrote a song, and the song, what? yes, in the song, it's called A Father's Love. I do it every Father's Day. And in the song, I say I met my dad when I was 28, but I really met him at 25. Only said 28 because it rhymed better. So the next line had the rhyme. So I've said, Fuck. <laughs> so, but I really met him at 25 and it was, it was well, your um, whole life. You never, you knew I about knew, him though. I knew, I knew about him. I knew who he was. Was he incarcerated? No, no, he was in, he was in North Philly. He was, he was not incarcerated. He just, all right. My father. All right. Is a light-skinned man. I am a dark-skinned man. When I was a kid, he was 19. And my mother, the way they tell the story, they never tell the story. They never really get into detail of how it happened. But from both of their accounts, I had to play detective. By both of their accounts and what they put together, it seems as if they didn't really have serious intercourse. And so the way I, the way I, my mom became pregnant with me, she was wondering how could this be? Cause we didn't really do anything. And he was wondering how could this be? Cause we didn't really do anything. Right. So he 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 knew he knew something about my mother. He didn't know that she was a, a relatively honest person. They didn't really know each other. They were just fooling around. And then a couple months later, while he was in college, she wrote him a letter telling him that she was pregnant. So that sounds suspicious anyway. But listen to the pathology. Like right. you just told the story about the story how, about it, took how five it happened months to you. To find out about your kid but then then, but then yeah exactly then when i was born he would my he would get me from time to time he would still get because he oh okay my mom so you didn't meet him don't tell you you never was a kid you just i didn't meet him i didn't know that's not meeting him i I have no recollection of that and and so he took me (laughs) he took me to his mother and his mother my grandmother told him that I was not his child. And that was it. He was, and, but my uncle, his brother, my uncle Herb knew my mom and knew she would not make nothing up. And here's the thing that to this day, I don't understand how he could have thought that because all the men on my father's side of the family were born with six fingers. Mm-hmm. And I was born with six fingers on each hand. That was my son. That was my son. Giveaway. So, but you know, he wow. didn't he didn't believe me. And ironically, yeah. um, my grandmother, his mother, I'm the only one of his children she's ever seen. What? And wow. She passed away. I'm the only one she's ever seen. And I'm the one who she said was not his child. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I will agree that a lot of times mothers make or break that relationship when it comes to their sons. Because my my niece 
her grandmother was the one who said, oh, she's an Amos. You know what I mean? And then uh-huh. that's when her dad was like, okay, like, I mean, because people respect their mother's opinion. Mm-hmm. Well, well I, 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 yeah, I get it because when I, later on, when I, um, when I was um, my second daughter, when, when, when her mother was pregnant with her, I thought I had another girl pregnant at the same time. And out. I, oh, I was out there. I was in East Street. <laughs> and what I was told was that it, it, it all comes back because what I was told, she told me, yo, this is your baby, blah, blah, the girl. It, 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 other things led up to that. But I went to the hospital and I saw the baby, this, this very handsome young man, little light-skinned baby. And I thought nothing of it because I'm dark. My dad's light. That could happen. And she was very light-skinned. So that's a possibility. And she wouldn't lie about this. So started taking care of the little boy. I would get him every weekend for 10 months straight. I would get him, bought all his clothes and all that stuff. And one of my homies said, I uh, I remember for probably like five months into it, my mom pulled me to the side. And she said, I don't think that's your son. That's what my mom said. Mm. And Knowing what happened between my father and his mother, my mom might be wrong. That's what I'm thinking. And so, see, the girl had spoken to one of my homies, and my homie called me randomly. He said, yo, E, that's not your child. And I appreciate him to this day. And I called her, and I asked her, I said, you know, is this my child? She's like, no, just like that. Like, but I was, and she, and she probably would have never told me if I hadn't asked, just let me continue to take care of them. And yeah. And she lived directly around the corner from me. And after that day, I said my words and my peace to her. I never saw again. She lived right around the corner from me. I never saw again. Well, I saw my 25 years later but yeah i didn't see her again yeah you you still don't know because you didn't get a dna test huh you really don't know no i know i know the guy i know the guy and she ended up telling you right there she only picked you because she knew you was going to take care of him exactly and i've seen the guy and i've seen the son it's definitely his son but she knew he wouldn't take care of him was she already pregnant when y'all slept together and she probably was. See, because we used to deal with each other, then we broke up. And I think she only slept with me to blame the baby on me. I think that's mm-hmm. what happened. I think she's conniving, honey. Yeah, I think that's why she did it. But you know, it is what it is. And when I saw her 25 years later, I ain't even had no hard feelings. I even I even accepted her friend request on Facebook. I was like, I'm good. <laughs> whatever all right so fast fast forward a little bit to your youngest son and what happened with that because I want you to talk about being in the home with him and then not being in the home with him well my youngest son 
um, I was, I was, I got married in 2010 and my son was born in 2011. And he had, I was there every day, all his life. And then in 2016, my wife at the time told me that, and this is, she, and I don't know how better way to say this, but this is exactly what she said. She said she didn't want me anymore. So she no longer wanted to be married. And I was like, what about my, my youngest son's name is Elijah. What about Elijah? She didn't care. And it's, it, he went from seeing me every day of his life to not seeing me anymore. And it was very taxing on me because I moved to, I, I went to stay with a friend that lived right around the corner from them. And I got to see him often, but I didn't get to see him every day anymore. And we never had a conversation about it. Never. We never, that conversation that I think we should have had, like set him down and say, yo, mommy and daddy are not together anymore. And mm -hmm. this is where she, my, my, ex-wife did not want to have that conversation she's never had that conversation and so when I had times with him I would get to see where he's at and gauge what I can tell him and what I couldn't tell him my whole thing was not one thing I did not want to do I didn't want to make her look bad to him no matter how angry I was, no matter how hurt I was, I did not want to make him her look bad to him because he's part of her. And I don't want him to feel anything about himself that's that's not up to par because I, I didn't want to just I didn't, didn't want to dog his mother. But having having it was it was devastating on me i know it, it it negatively affected him but it was very devastating on me also and it right. was um i i know how it was as far as like discipline and things of that sort then you know it it was when i was in the home it was like i could just say something and he'll act right but when i wasn't there he was free to do stuff that, you know, he would not have done if I was present, but, you know. And what year did you get married? I got married in 2010. I got divorced in 16. So she wasn't pregnant when you got married, right? Yes, she was two months pregnant when I got married. Okay. So did you ma marry her because she was pregnant? In a way, but not in a way. I, I married her then because she was pregnant. I was going to marry her anyway. Okay. But, but yeah, I mean, just knowing that, you know. Set it up. So you're like, well, I want to, this would be the only kid that would have been born, like, by your wife, right? 
The only kid born, what you mean? The only no. kid born yeah. in wedlock. Oh, he was married. No, before. he was married. I was married before. before. Okay, we skipped through that. So okay. Yeah. yeah. I have two sons that were so my my oldest son is I'm all over the place with kids. My Hello. oldest son. <laughs> That's why I said is not biologically my son. Right. His mother, we used to date back in the day and we had lost in touch. And when she came back into my life, she was seven months pregnant. I know it was okay. biologically my, my, my child. But, right. and I always tell people this part about it. When she told me, and this is, and I, don't, I don't care if people understand, but when she told me, I knew he was my son. Right. Not biologically. But I knew that I would. He was raise assuming him. that role of. His I father. knew I would raise him, and I I know that she came to me because she knew I would raise him. I know that's what it was, and um, him, him and my son are are ten. Her her and my next son, Israel, are ten months apart. So, okay, but make a long story short. You were yes, married yes. to Israel and Eric's mother. Yes. So you were, that's an important part too, because for a part of, part of their life, you were married to their mother, but then things happened in her life and you had to take on the role of the single father for them. Well, when, when, when Eric and Israel, right, Eric was 11 months. No, 10 months. Israel was two weeks old. Their mother left me completely. She just up one day and disappeared. And I had to go through her own struggles, though. Yes. Yeah. She was, it was postpartum. She wasn't into drug stuff yet. That came later, but she was. But she didn't leave you. She left all of y'all. Right. Yes. She left left me with the kids. No. She left everyone. Not just you. She left everyone. Yeah. And she she took and I had to figure it out. I just had to figure out. And, you know, I called my peoples and my family and my family helped. And I started, I hired my aunt to babysit and so I can go to work and still do what I had to do. And uh, about probably like Four months later, she showed up again. And mm. it, it, so it, then, it, when did you take on? At what age were they when you when you took on a role? When she got into drugs, and you took on a role because well, they did live with you and your ex wife for a little bit of time. So, it, so basically, once you and your ex wife divorced, then you became a single father to them. Yeah, it was um. Yeah, when 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 I I got mad when I got married in 2010, so they were like nine and nine and ten years, maybe nine and eight or nine and ten. That that's how old they were, and they were in they were in um elementary school, and then me me and my ex wife were were raising them, and yeah, we we took them from elementary school. I used to. I used to, but they used to stay with me like long spurts of time. But she used to live with this guy. I didn't want. I didn't want him around a lot. So I used to travel back and forth to make sure 
that I'm with them as much time as possible. And yeah, and so when when um when I got married, they they came to live with us. Right. So yeah. even now though, that you're living in Georgia, your son is living in Philadelphia. I personally see, because I've been there and I see, you know, how happy he is to get picked up for the summer. And then when he gets dropped off, it's an emotional mess. Yeah, it is. So I see, you know, the impact that it has on him as well as you. And it started to impact me as well because I've seen how it affects both of y'all. So it's, you know, important um, that people think about, you know, a lot of times that's not when divorces do happen, people don't think about how it impacts. They either do. So from my experience, people either stay together for the kids or they don't think about the kids. I think, yeah, but I think if you're not, if you're not being abused. That's your opinion. In my opinion, my opinion, if you're not being abused or cheated on, then you need to sacrifice for those kids to stay together. Because they're going to be better because of it. Because it's not a problem. I disagree. I disagree too. Because it could be a toxic household. You have to. If you, oh, you that's have... abuse. If it's a toxic household, that's abuse. That's no, abuse. It's no, it's not. not. No, it's not. If it's a toxic household. You and a person being not. You said this the other day. Two parents could be in a household, but that don't mean that it's actually a two parent household. If the two parents are working together for. The kids, that's toxic. That's not, no, that's not, no, you can't, you can't translate. I think it's a healthy way to co-parent. I think there's a healthy way to co-parent without disrupting your children's lives. I think people have worked, people have worked on it where there are some people who they live in the same, under the same roof. If they're able to do that, some, some people are able to do that. I think children are very aware of their parents' Definitely. temperament. So a lot of times, like I know some people, they were like, well, I thought it was great when my parents divorced because I had two rooms. I had a room here, room there. I had double of everything. Like everybody's perspective is different. Mm-hmm. All children, all children are not the same. Children are not a monolith. So even if you have three children, it could be one kid that you know is affected differently Mm -hmm. i know people who they just split their kids like i i think i think you have to compromise definitely i think when you have children and a relationship doesn't work then now your goal is to raise these kids in a healthy environment if Mm -hmm. that environment environment means that for me to be happy i have to physically live separately then that's what's going to happen i feel like I, I've heard adults say my parents were miserable. Like my parents were miserable when they lived together and they seen that it's not like after your kids move out the house and you guys get a divorce, your kids like aren't aware of what's happening. I know plenty of people who waited till their kids got to college and then they divorced, but it's right. like, that's not really teaching your children that you should strive to be happy. Like, I you know, I feel about being happy. Life isn't about being happy. Yeah, I, I disagree. If if that were the case, then everybody who isn't happy should kill themselves. Life I is not agree. about being I happy. Think, life I think is life about is... working through it even though you're not happy. 
Life is not life. That's that depends on your outlook on life, and I think that your objective in life. Most people are unhappy. No, no, and your relationship. So that's the opposite. That would mean that the objective of life, I think, is the pursuit of happiness. Like I said, I totally understand that movie differently now. The pursuit of happiness. You may live your life and never get to the, get to the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The peak. The peak of happiness. You get what I'm saying? Like every day you're not going to be happy. But if your objective is to do things that bring you peace and bring you happiness and bring you joy, you're going to be a more enjoyable person to be around you're going to like yourself more. Like, I just think that life is not going to be like roses and candy all the time, but you don't want majority of your time on this earth to be miserable. Miserable. I agree. I agree. Cause even you, Eric, even you say now that you're out of the marriage, how much you appreciate not being in the marriage. Oh, yes. Right. So what I, this is one of the, the reasons I do that and I feel that way. And this is, this is the reason I say that is because I look back at it and I knew what I would have had to fight through. Exactly. I don't have to to fight through that. Exactly. So imagine people who are in worse situations than that, what they got to fight through. But I would have, I would have fought through it. And, and I, that's you. I would have still found happiness within it. Right. And, and that's not, you. Everybody's not, not built like that. Yeah. So therefore. Everybody can be. It depends on the part. Everybody don't have that mentality. and Everybody don't have that strength. So if you think and you say the things that had, you were, there was no abuse and no cheating. So imagine, add that into the whole equation. And have somebody say, "Oh, I'm going to stay because I got to fight through this." Well, if it's it's, if it's, like it's, it's emotionally before, taxing, like I was saying before, if there's abuse and 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 infidelity, then yeah, you shouldn't be there. But if that's but not people, the case, then you just need to stick it out. Yeah, but people have Especially other stuff going on besides that, though. It's a I lot. Understand what he's? On. I think I understand what he's saying. I think you're saying is. When there's a child involved, you need to work harder to try to get through your issues, not to give up as easy. Exactly. Okay. Exactly I get what I, I get what you're I, saying, I, but I, I, I think you were presented it as like I, no matter I, what. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> right. I this is I understand even even with my situation with my ex-wife, I don't think she should have divorced me. I'll never say that. However, I understand why she did. I understand why people make the decisions they make. However, it's not always the best decision because we're so selfish. We're like, I'm not happy, then I'm out. I'm not doing this, then I'm out. But I'm like, yeah, but it's not about us. If we if if we stay together for 18 years, right, to raise this child or these children. And then get divorced, okay. But while we're here, we have an obligation to these children. That's what we're supposed to do. Now, if we decide to break up after that, then we decide to break up after that. But 
by that time, we should have raised stable children. Maybe, children. or maybe not. It depends. On, it's, on... I mean, it's, it's, it's all kinds of scenarios that... that yeah, be, but... but see, like, my whole thing is that I don't understand the logic where people um, have children by people who they don't see themselves like marrying because right. a child is a longer commitment than a marriage um and like i i do agree with you because i know in my own marriage i know it was harder for me to walk away or to end my marriage or whatever not it was easier for me to think about working it out because we had a kid together I'll put it like that. Like it was easy because that is what I want for my children. I want my children to grow up in a household with two loving parents though. You know what I mean? Like I know that they're not like me. My parents are still together. My parents, they, they argued a lot. And so that's a soft thing for me. Like I, I don't like arguing in front of my kids, but sometimes you can't avoid it because it just happens. You know what I mean? But you don't want it to be like, all this time that's the only memories your kids have of you and your spouse or whatever but I do know that more than likely if I did it I loved my husband I always loved my husband but I think it would have been easier for me to give up on give up completely on it and actually file for divorce if I didn't have my daughter you know what I mean and and that I understand that because that's a Listen, I, I get that 100% because if, and, you know, me, me, me and my ex-wife, we have, we have a friendship. We'll always be friends. But if I didn't have a son after we divorced, I would never have talked to her ever again in my life. Right. right. I would have never corresponded with her. Uh, if I saw her on the street, I wouldn't ignore her. But I had no reason to, you know, it was what it was. It, it was over. You know, I was bitter. And I really didn't, you know, I really didn't see it. But either. that day when she woke up and was like, I don't want you no more. Like, were you guys happy that whole time? Now, or no? See, it wasn't, okay. <laughs> was it, um, it was, there was another guy involved, right? Okay. So she had gotten this new job. I mean, it took, it's been seven years. It took about six years for me to learn this information. Cause she didn't, she didn't, there wasn't closure. She didn't tell me everything. Mm. Like she recently, I asked her questions within the last year and she started answering questions. Oh, wow. But there was, I'm, my son and my sister's son used to go to the same daycare. And so my ex-wife at the time would drop drop my son off. And so my brother-in-law, he one day he's like, yo, man, what's up with your wife? Why is she dressing, you know, like that? I said, her boobs out or whatever. It makes me uncomfortable. And I was like, oh, she got a new job. She just trying to, because I didn't think, I, it never crossed my mind that she would. It never crossed my mind. I never thought that she would entertain those, that. I never thought, I was very naive. And so as, as, so as time progressed, I started seeing different behaviors. And my, one of my closest friends, his name is Ohenny Savant. Um, he um, was supposed to do this 
big show in Philly, right? And I was supposed to perform at the show with him, but the show was getting canceled. And I and I I was seeing certain behaviors. And I said, I asked, I was like, well, what's going on? She said, I wanted, I wanted to wait till after the show because I didn't want to ruin the show for you. And I was like, what do you mean? She was like, I don't want this anymore. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, this marriage. And I'm like, what? And how old is Elijah at that time? He was five. Mm. And I was like, what? And in my spirit, I felt this is it. I just felt it. And so I was still trying to do things to buy flowers, buy this, and see what, you know, maybe reconcile, whatever, trying to fix. And then one day, one morning, I had woke up and I was reading this book called The 40 Day Love Dare. And I was like on day number nine. And the day was like, it said, tell her something that you appreciate about her and whatever. So I got up, you know, she's about to get ready to work. I just tell her I appreciate it. And she stopped me. And she, she said, I need you to wrap your head around this. I don't want you. And then she looked me in my face and she said, I don't want you. Wow. And at that point, I said to myself, she wants somebody else. There's somebody else. And and I asked her, she's like, there's nobody else. There's nobody else because of how you are, this and that. Because I'm I could be emotionally unavailable and all that stuff. I can be that. But yeah, that's what it was. But you said earlier, you said, um, why do people have children with people that they don't intend on marrying? And the reason being is because we have this desire in us that exists no matter if we married or not these we men are born with this sex drive that never stops it's never stops eventually we may be able to learn how to control it but a lot of us don't a lot of us haven't been taught how to control it and when we first started having these feelings especially me when I first started having these feelings, it was other young men who were telling me how to do it. You got to get you a girl. You got to do this. You got to get this. You got to do that. If that's, then you got to get another girl. And, it, and that's how I was taught. And so. But was anybody telling you, look, make sure you do X, Y, and Z never. so that you aren't no, getting these girls pregnant? Because father. being promiscuous doesn't mean that you're having a bunch of babies. Never. You know what I mean? Like, those are two different things. Nobody yeah. ever said nothing. Nobody even. Yeah. Listen, I've n- no one even explained the the act of intercourse to me. Yeah. I figured that out on my own. And when I yeah. figured it out, it was a, looking back, now I took so many risks. I took so many risks because no one I had no one to say, yo man, you can't be doing that. Or yo right. man. You don't know that situation. Or you don't and I feel like, that. yeah, and I feel like they're constantly telling girls. I feel like girls are constantly told, don't get pregnant, don't get pregnant, don't get pregnant. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But 
not necessarily giving them the knowledge of like how to carry themselves when they're in compromising predicaments or you know it more so to me lies on teaching boys like I I think that that's a lot of things that lack is because you know people say oh boys gonna be boys like no we can control that you know what I mean and being a mother of take the man to make the baby right but being a mother being a mother of a son I feel like it's my obligation to teach my son how to teach him how women like to be treated you know what I mean like okay this is what women don't like I remember back in the day they used to say oh if a little boy used to hit you that mean he like you mm-hmm. like that is actually toxic, Not toxic. Right? <laughs> yes, it is. but I see I see it it does come natural with little boys it, like they do do that and they think it it's depends, funny, though. It, even now even now as a grown-up when when girls like you even as a grown-up you can be let's say you go on a date and you talking with a girl, she'll hit you. She'll laugh. No, we're not. You. We're talking about and boys that, hitting they do girls. That. We're huh? talking about boys, boys hitting girls. Hit. Like boys, be girls, even now I hear like, oh, the, this little boy hit me. He's bullying me, he but that's because he, he likes should, you. If he likes you, he shouldn't hit you. That, that's what that we're only, saying. That, that's, that's exactly toxic. what we're he saying. Should. Right, hitting you. No, that's what we're saying. That's what we're saying. I just feel like a lot of times women are complicit in, you know, not providing guidance to their sons also on how to treat women. You know what I mean? Or just like you said, just like you said, when you were having those feelings, other men was telling you what to do. You go, but we talked about that woman that could tell you, Hey, this is the game, this is what women like. And this is that's that's I mean, I love my mom, and and she did the best she could. I think she raised me very well, however, there were some things she missed, and certain things you know, how I learned how to treat women from romantic comedies that's how mm-hmm. i learned what women like i learned okay. by watching movies and i like movies and that's how i learned okay women like flowers women like this women like that's how i learned no one ever set me down and was like yo you know you gotta treat a woman like this or talk to a woman like that and then and music and music um my favorite group in the whole world is new edition right the lead singer for new edition is Ralph Tresvant. Ralph Tresvant album was Stone Cold Gentleman. I said, what's a gentleman? And then I found out what it meant to be a gentleman. And then I learned how to wear ties and wear suits and wear watches and smell good and be a man. But I had had to figure that out on my own. And so when I got my sons, I told him that, yo, treat a woman like this. Talk to her like this. Don't do that. So at the end of the day, having a father in your life is a very important. Um, that's, that's what it is for girls and boys. Because even when I think about my situation, my dad wasn't very impactful in my life. 
And when I chose men, if they showed me things that were fatherly, then I kind of clung cling to them. Right. And I've always the lack been of a father older. was very impactful. Like right. his so absence was always, impactful. Right. I yeah, always so. dated older men or you know, things like yep. that. And a lot of women who didn't have their fathers in their life, you'll hear them say the same yep. thing. Most definitely. So yeah. it's very important for you know, I I know even with Father's Day coming up, men make jokes like, oh, we fathers, we not that yeah. but you are. A father is, it, it's as, he's as equally important as a mother with mm-hmm. the development of a human being, you exactly. know what I mean? But, mm-hmm. and then also someone doesn't have to be a biological father to father you. Right, right. Um, you know, people have uncles, people have grandfathers. These are figures that assist in showing a boy how to be a man. And that's mm-hmm. important because, I mean, a woman can't, you know, I, I'll never be a man. I'll never, you know, know right. everything. But that's why it is important for anybody who has a child or a nephew, anybody to, you know, step up and try to be a fatherly figure to them. Right. But yeah. it, it is it like you were saying how you want to teach your son things about a woman is equally important that a father teaches his daughter things about a man yes. so she knows what yeah. to expect when she's out there. Yeah, I tried that with my daughters, but that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some kids don't listen. So yeah. you, you have kids that got experience like, for themselves. That's a lot of kids. They think parents, my, my parents is yeah. old. They don't know what they're talking about. Yep. So at the end of the day, the impact that fathers have is important because when you don't have the father around, it's, you know, it's it's more um, things that you deal with in life that you don't realize until you become an adult. Mm-hmm. So, and, it's, it's, it, and it gives, as a child, you got two perspectives. You got a woman's point of view and a man's point of view. Mm-hmm. Both of whom who had experience and they're older, and you can get advice from both points of view. But if you only have one, then it, there's a there's a void there. And yeah. I, I, I know my mom did. Like I said, she did the best she could, but there was a void. There yeah. was definitely a void. And if I had my father in my life at that time, then it it may have taught me some things that you know. I'm and not, you you're your mother's first child. I'm yes, I'm her favorite child. <laughs> not no, don't let her not no, not from don't, her don't tell not from her child. mouth. She I know. For real. For real. Yeah. I'm her not favorite child. That's not only because I'm her only child. But not yeah. From her yeah. Mouth. I know I'm my mom. I'm my mom and dad favorite stuff. But uh <laughs> anyway. <laughs> you know what parents say. I don't have a favorite child. I don't, I don't, they wouldn't say that. <laughs> my mom and dad would not say that. Wait, your mom and dad tell you you they favorite? They always say you the only one that do this. You the only uh, one. Okay, well, they, they, yeah, would, you they, they would not favorite. say that. Yeah, they would not say that. They know people know what they do. Like you know, if you are showing up for your parents and you doing stuff for your parents. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a favorite, but I do have. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Elijah's not your favorite. He's the youngest, so he gets yeah, he's the, baby. He gets the youngest day. 
So, it's but he's still your favorite. He's the nah. baby, and he's the last. It's different. Yeah. But not he's just that; he takes on a lot of things that his father does, and he appreciates a lot of things that his I father do. does more I, than the one, one more I, than the older children do. Yeah, he he. Yeah, that I can say. That I can say. Like when, and he's when probably my, like my the wolf. one that's going to carry on your legacy. Yeah, <laughs> he's probably the youngest. He'll probably get the most in the world, too. You so. <laughs> see? Because he's your favorite. <laughs> Horrible. No. Um, so is Elijah, is he coming? When When is he coming to Jordan? He's, he's not. Oh, he's not, not coming this summer. Him, him and his mom got in a car accident, so he's, done, he's doing therapy. And she doesn't want to miss that therapy. So that's where... <laughs> Yeah, we could talk about that all. <laughs> that yeah, he's not coming this summer, that, but we yeah, are we're going, going in August. So yeah. yeah, and it, you know, we'll we'll see. But yeah, he's not coming this year, which is annoying. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, I'm glad they're okay. I guess. Huh? Yeah, they. Yeah, cool. they fine. We'll talk about it off camera. <laughs> <laughs> but, you got to do. You got to do certain things to get certain things. You know how that go. Anywho, yeah. So, um, this Father's Day, I know, like I said, people make jokes like, "Oh, we not that important," but actually, y'all are because, um, I was when I was doing research, it was saying that um, research fathers- shows that when fathers are involved. Their children are two times more likely to go to college, 80% less likely to spend time in jail, and 75% less likely to experience teen pregnancy. Yeah. And then, um, like Janina was saying, just it can be another impactful man in your life because Father's Day cards are being bought, but only 50% of them are only being purchased for dads. So there's they're buying a card, but statistics show that it's for other, you know, special yeah. men in people's lives as well. But 100 million Father's Day cards are sent each year. So oh. contrary to popular belief, people are, you know, but dads are different. Moms like to go out to dinner and do stuff. Dads will be like, no, just... You know what I mean? So when y'all make jokes, we, we so we so used to being underappreciated. No, no, like, uh, don't say that. Uh, so when y'all sit there, uh, when your kids actually like, Dad, what you want to do for Father's uh, Day? <laughs> when when kids ask you, Dad, what you want to do for Father's Day? If you if you really want to go out to dinner, then then say that so that they can make that happen for you. Don't just be like, oh, nothing. It's just another day, and then get. Be like, oh, when Mother's Day go around, the restaurants got a a line. They do. You can't. Anyway, because women (laughs) like to be taken out. That's why. Exactly. I just said that. Yeah, that's all. But yeah, it's okay. Make sure you know you appreciate your father if he's still here, um, or that uncle or that godfather that's making an impact in your life. Because trust me, um. This is going to be my second year without my father. And like I said, even though he wasn't always there, I still miss him. Yeah. And I still wish that he was here. 
you know, for me to just call and say happy Father's Day. So make sure, you know, the men in your life. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so, yeah. So we're going to, um, Janine is going to do our game that we play with our guests. Okay. So this is a this or that Spitfire game. Um, the category is rappers. You ready? So you can't think about it. You got to say <laughs> the first thing that comes okay. to your mind. Right. Yeah. You got a short one, so you'll be fine. Jay-Z or Nas? Nas. Public Enemy or Wu-Tang Clan? Public Enemy. The Roots or Tribe Called Quest? Tribe Called Quest. Kendrick Lamar or J. Cole? J. Cole. The Baby or Lil Baby? A Lil Baby. Really? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's the right answer. (laughs) <laughs> That's the right answer, Janina. <laughs> that is the baby is the problem. You know man. why? You want to know why? Why? Because little baby, it's something about his energy and his attitude. Yeah, that's that's what Janina said. Uh, the baby, okay. little baby, is the one that's actually like a genius. Yeah, and that baby the is ba- the baby. baby can rap. The baby, yes, yes. Rap- I was say. The baby, the baby has a great flow. <laughs> he raps better, but yes. but his little, attitude sucks. Little bit, yes, little, but he's older too. He's in that his. Me, he got a his attitude. Got to suck like the yeah. way. It no, is. that's true. That's yeah, true. yeah. The baby, and, and, the, he, and he killed people. He killed people before. Right. Oh in my Walmart. god! In Walmart, <laughs> <laughs> he killed somebody in Walmart. Anyway, you can give people your social media information if you would like if you guys love our theme song this is the artist who wrote and recorded and produced our theme song we gotta get a new one yeah i gotta i gotta do that it's um e snipe the artist e s n i p e the artist google it everything pops up okay so we appreciate you for coming on and sharing your thoughts and feelings and being, um, you know, open, sharing a part of your life with us. We appreciate it. No problem. All right. So we're going to get out of here, guys. We appreciate um, all of our listeners and supporters. And we'll catch you guys on the flip side next week. Before I go, can I, can I, pick, can I kick around before I go? Sure. Oh, my God. Go ahead. Psych. <laughs> really? Bye. Janina. Kick him out. Kick him out, Janina. <laughs> hold up, hold up, hold up. Don't leave yet. Thanks for listening to my mom and auntie. Make sure you guys follow them on Instagram at the underscore John underscore podcast. On Twitter at W underscore the J. On TikTok at the John A Podcast. And visit our website www.dawnpod.net Don't forget to ask the door sending your listening letters to thejawnpod at gmail.com Period. This is the Joy a podcast. I love y'all. Be cool.